This is the Money Radio Network. Welcome to Marketing Money Mindset, where we bring you interesting true stories on how clever marketing ideas create money opportunities with a conscious mindset producing impact and success. Together with marketing lover Elisa Sparks Lane from the Ellen Sparks Agency, the Man from Mars business and life coach Brian Wood, and health and athletic performance expert Jen Graffis from Q Life share their experiences on how success is so much more than creating cash flow. True success comes when you nurture your business, body, and brain in order to get the most out of your business and in life. Join the Triple M team on our journey to success. Ready, set, listen. Good morning, y'all. How's everybody doing? Good morning, good morning. Real good. So this week I um, helped a friend move. Oh, yeah. Fun times. I I realize I kind of like organizing. Oh, yeah. was it a little therapeutic for you? A little bit. I'm like, are you here? I think it was a little bossy. I was like, okay, this is donating. This, this is, is trash. This, this is, is hard to here. believe. I know. I know. <laughs> I didn't know I had it in me. I may have to call Major Mom. Yeah, there you go. I have a job there. Yep. But um, it was funny because she's going through a divorce. Well, not funny. She's going through a divorce, moving, but she had the most wonderful spirit about it. She's just like looking at it as a new beginning and mm-hmm. she's just like really positive. And kind of made me think a little bit about that commitment that it takes um and i know i've been divorced so i've got low commitment issues <laughs> um but brian you've been married a little bit yeah i have sure have two years three years about 18 years it's pretty impressive it really is huh so who would have thunk it what's the anniversary date <laughs> it, it, it is uh january 15th i, I can't even look at him i know <laughs> this is this is unbelievable okay well, well let's turn this back on no. you Let's talk about your divorce. Divorce. <laughs> which one? Go. <laughs> said which one? Yeah, yeah. Which one? All right. So moving along. Um, Jen, what's going on with you? Um, let's see. What? Is, oh, I just got back from Oregon. Um, took my son there for a little college, very quick tour of Pacific University in Willamette, and then we. He really wanted to see the Oregon coast, so we woke up at 4 a.m. and drove over two hours to the beach just so that we could see that Cannon Beach. And that it was, was a beautiful. beautiful picture. It was gorgeous. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had a really good time, and it was. We were talking about it's actually one of the first like mother son actual like adventures mm-hmm. where we went away and stayed overnight. And oh, so the daughter and, didn't go. No, Ash didn't oh, go. She stayed here. Too. So yeah, it was just a. Was two she of okay us. with that? Yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was. It was good. It was a really good trip and. Good bonding time, and you know it's it's one of those uh, bittersweet things mm. where you show up, and you know they have a locker set up with his football uniform and name, and like the oh, whole nice. the mm. whole marketing recruiting yeah. thing. That I'm like, oh, I'm such a sucker. <laughs> like, oh. how cool is this? But then, super sad. He's going to be going away. So. Is he ready for that commitment? Like, he is. He's still trying to keep an open mind. He's not a hundred percent sure which direction he wants to go because we have a couple different avenues he's choosing between football and cheerleading and military and Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of different things we're weighing and it all comes down to the final that's all you want you know all you want is options yeah and that's what you want for your kids you you want them to have the option to be happy so it looks like josh is in a really good place yeah so we should see how it plays out in the next 30 to 60 days i recently um, learned about how to impress or how to really honor your parents is by your success Mm -hmm. so um it kind of really reminded me of you know being my truest self and authentic and 
um, through the friend's move, this was pretty funny. She had a, um, a sewing machine that she didn't use. It was brand new. And um, I said, do you want that? And she's like, not really. And I'm like, is it okay if I give it to my mom? And she's like, sure. Does she sew? I'm like, yeah, she's got four of them. <laughs> and uh, she's like, oh, she wants another. I'm like, sure. And this one has like the computer. It's pretty fancy. And I brought it to her last night. And I've never seen my mom so happy. Like she sat down. She got the manual out in Spanish. And oh. she's just like, she stayed there for an hour reading. I had to leave her there. And I look at dad and I'm, I'm like, really? She's, she's so happy right now. Oh, that's awesome. And then awesome. I, she was greeting me to the door and she's like, um, it has a computer. Hmm. Like, am I going to be able to do this? And I'm like, yeah. That's yeah, you're awesome. going to master it. It's her first computer sewing machine. Oh, that's awesome. It was adorable. How exciting. But it just made me really happy to have that and see my mom committed see, in that isn't way. It? It's those little moments, right? That we get to just be present with our kids or our parents or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny. Hearts. I had like a mommy daughter mm-hmm. moment, yeah. even though she was kind of playing her own thing. But that's very cool. It was really sweet. So, Brian, we have a special guest today. We have the legendary and inspirational. This this edition mm-hmm. should be called the Velveeta. Oh, I love it. Edition. Write it down. The Velveeta episode. Liquid okay. gold. Liquid gold. <laughs> Liquid gold. <laughs> love it. I like Misty that marketing. Heineken. I have never yeah. heard it compared right? to cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little cheesy. I'll take and, it as a compliment. All <laughs> due, with all due respect. Yeah, a little cheesy, but um, yeah, Misty Hyman. Um, Incredible person, uh, motivational speaker, uh, Olympic gold medalist winner. So and it gold, wasn't liquid gold. It was, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that was Sydney in two thousand. That's right. The two thousand uh, two hundred meter butterfly, and uh, I think he broke an American record. Yep, as American well, right? and Olympic record. That yep. is awesome. Thank you. So it takes a huge amount of commitment. Yes, it was a lifetime, <laughs> really, uh, from the time I was a young girl, five years old, until um, you know I was 21 when I won the gold medal, so most of my life. But it's interesting because it felt, I can't imagine doing it any other way. Mm-hmm. It became normal. Our, the lifestyle that I led, which was, you know, by the time I was in high school, it was swimming, you know, we were in the pool 18 hours a week, um, sometimes 22 hours a week, and then, you know, with weightlifting and other things outside of the pool. It was, you know, 25 hours easily. Wow. Um, and, uh, but it became normal, you know, going to practice in the morning at 545 for two hours before school became as normal as eating breakfast. That's just what I did. And so, uh, you know, looking back, it didn't, when I was doing it, it didn't seem that extraordinary. (laughs) So walk us through a little bit of how, like you said, you're normal, because we have all kinds of conversations about what it means to be great and the dedication and the commitment that it takes. So I'm just fascinated by that. So talk us like, what was your normal as far as, so you were five and then what, like, so how did it start? Sure. Well, I actually started because I was diagnosed with asthma. I was one of those kids that was allergic to everything, cats, dogs, dust, mold, peanuts, corn, you name it. I was allergic to it. I would get pneumonia once a year. I had a breathing machine. And um, the doctors told my mom that swimming was the best therapy for kids with asthma. And so the first thing she did that summer was she signed me up for the Parks and Rec Summer Swim League at Roadrunner Park that was just down the street from our house in Phoenix. And uh, I don't remember, but my dad tells me that at my very first swim meet, I dove in the pool, swam about halfway down, and swam to the side and got out and cried. 
<laughs> I couldn't even finish the race. Wow. <laughs> but they saw that I was getting stronger and healthier and encouraged me to keep going to the pool. And they knew it was the best thing for my lungs. And so, you know, eventually I was able to finish the race. That was my first goal ever in swimming. And then it was not to finish last. And mm-hmm. that was my second goal ever in swimming. And um, after a couple summers of that, it became clear that I really loved being in the water. There was just something about it. When I'm in the pool, I feel like I can fly. <laughs> and like Peter Pan or Wonder Woman, and uh, I just loved it. And uh, and that maybe maybe I had a little bit of talent for the crazy thing they call the butterfly. So well, what's crazy is I remember we talked at one point, Misty, and and you talked about the grind with me, and it sounded like you actually enjoyed the the grind and the pain and the process to get exceptional. Where, where do you think that came from? You know, I I think part of it was I just had a passion. I mean, as long as I could remember, once I started swimming, uh, I remember watching the Olympics on television and just falling in love with the idea of the Olympics and the idea of representing your country and doing something like that on the world stage. And that stayed with me my whole life. I mean, I wanted to win a gold medal and hear the national anthem played for me so bad that I could taste it. And it was something that lived with me my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so... That part I can't explain. Okay. And I, it was just something I always wanted. And then I, I lived with that. And so it, there was something so gratifying about having the opportunity to get to work towards that. And that mm-hmm. as I got better to find out that, you know, maybe I had the talent and maybe I have the right coach and maybe, you know, my parents are going to support me and maybe all these things. And you never know. I mean, you have no idea what's going to happen. But each step along the way, I was I was really enjoying pushing myself, and um, you know there was a part of the pain that I that I loved that was gratifying because I knew I was taking steps towards my dream. I love that there's pain involved because a lot of people think it comes easy to some, and it probably was not that case. Um, I'd love to come back and, and talk more about that support because I think that's what really makes a difference sometimes. Absolutely, we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you living someone else's version of success and happiness? Are you an athlete, former athlete, organization, or team interested in achieving results while enjoying the journey? Come to Mars, Myrtlewood Athlete Representation and Success Coaching. Certified professional life and business coach, certified agent with the NBA Players Association. Find us at MarsCoach.com. 602-733-4864, 602-733-4864. Faith and belief equals action and results. Mom, where are my crayons? I have them. I'm coloring my credit again. Let's color my credit. Well, color my credit is a simple method I created to explain kind of a complicated financial document. We have a lot of those in our life. You'll you'll grow and you'll see that you want to grow your money, but there's a whole lot of paper you don't understand. So what I do is try to color it and give it a method of understanding what you need to do to make it better. Are you ready for that? Yep. 
For more information, call us at Glutz. Go to ColorMyCredit.com. Ringing in the new year means talk of growth and renewal for the coming year. Goal setting and strategic visions, that's what's dancing in the heads of successful leaders. At your next conference or meeting, let Frame the Message, Inc. bring your visions to life in a colorful way. Traditional note-taking is so last year. Graphics are their wave of the future. So start the year off right with something sure to bring positive and productive change in 2017. Live graphics and illustrated videos by Frame the Message Inc. That's INK.com. Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset, the place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mind intersect with your hosts, Elisa Sparks Lane, Brian Wood, and Jen Graffis. Welcome back. We're talking to Missy about support and like just getting through anything you have to get through. So so you said you had some challenges starting out, which most people would just like, you know what, this is too hard. Let's just give up. So you didn't, and you actually like it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I always felt like the challenges helped me. I think sometimes when you have something to push against, it makes it easier than just if it were easy. And so I've always seen those challenges as, as, as blessings in a way because uh, I think it – gave me more pride to know that even though I have asthma, I can, I can get through this. And that actually made me better. In fact, sometimes I felt like I was better at swimming because I could hold my breath longer than everybody else because I was used to not having enough oxygen. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. I, it's funny. I have a coach that I, I was having a challenge one time, and I text him really quick. I'm like, this is happening, and this is happening. What can I do? And he sent me one word. It was so cool. He goes, growth. I'm right. Like, All right. Got it. Well, it's yeah. the, what you're talking about, the pain, is not just, oh, this pain feels so good. It sounds like it's connected to, man, that national anthem is going to sound so good when I'm winning the gold medal. So were those kind of the thoughts that were in your head when you were, you know, we were dealing that, with that pain? Yeah, I think it wasn't necessarily the gold medal specifically because that was such a huge goal that it would have been almost impossible you know, to carry that with me every day, even though it was something that I think lived in my heart. Mm-hmm. But it was the, okay, it's state coming up you know, at the end of the season, or it's the junior nationals coming up, you know, how do I want to do there? And it was kind of taking advantage. I loved the idea of just taking advantage of the time I had, every practice, what, how can I make the most of it? And there was something so, so gratifying about that. I think I even loved yeah, I went to high school with wet hair three days a week and uh, ate my breakfast in the car on the way from the pool and, you know, would uh, kind of brush my teeth in the parking lot after I ate my breakfast and I'd spit it out the window of the car and then go into class. And there was something about I don't, that I just felt strong and tough and like there was something internal, some pride that came from being able to do what I did and still go into class and not care that, you know, some kids would kind of tease me because I smelled like chlorine and I had goggle <laughs> lines around my eyes and I'd be like, hey, I know what I did this morning. Yeah. So yeah. let me let me mention a couple other things about Misty if I can because uh, I neglected to add these during the, the intro. Misty is also, well, she's won 13 U.S. and five NCAA national titles, uh, senior assistant coach for the ASU swimming program and offers personalized and private coaching at the Sanctuary Resort in Paradise, Paradise Valley. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm going to tell you about that. I've had the experience of, of that coaching with Misty. I also have had my kids do the same thing. Misty gave us a demo one time. And I'm serious. If you gave me like a 20-meter head start outside of the pool running – I don't think I could have beat you. It was it was unbelievable <laughs> you, how fast you. So do you still swim at a competitive level? No, no, I am uh, happily retired. Mm-hmm. I enjoy getting in for the recreation and for the fitness, and I still just 
sometimes when I get in the pool, it's like going to church and there's Mm -hmm. something about being in the water that is like coming home for me. And so I really just swim for that enjoyment and the fitness part of it now. And, and just to honor how much it's meant to my life. Uh, but, uh, no, I, I don't compete anymore and, and I'm okay with that. (laughs) And you said that your, um, goal from a small child to be the Olympics, when, when do you remember that being? I'm just curious. Well, when you watched the Olympics, was that like, is that when it made it onto your goal list or? Yes, I think, uh, you know, I watched Mary Lou Retton in the 84 mm-hmm. Olympics. That was, mm-hmm. that was a big one. And I was also doing gymnastics at the time. Okay. I think in my head, I thought, well, maybe I could be in the Olympics in two sports. <laughs> I didn't wow. realize that was quite uh, impossible in some ways. Actually, there have been some women that have done it. So, oh. um, but uh, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, just watching it on television, 84 and 88 were kind of two yep. pivotal Olympics for me. So um, I was wondering about, did you actually jump in the pool, Brian? Did you get I, I to... did the swimming. So, oh, no, and, and go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Here it comes. I can tell. So yeah. the Speedo, was that, you know, the American flag or, you know, what's going on with that? <laughs> you know, I had a Mars mankini on, but I didn't want nice. to bring that up. Was so. it designed by our other guest? Because she actually no. does she some, would, some she fun would never, things. Robin would never claim that. Oh, and, uh, Robin. That's, she's so smart. Help us out here. Because I, actually, I know Robin from years ago from New York. And um, I have to admit, when I found some of the designs that you created, I was really impressed. And, Thank you. Uh, so unique. Um, it, how, did, how did the idea come to you? Because that's It wasn't something... my idea. It was my younger brother. <laughs> I can't take full responsibility. Cleaning my closet. That was it. You found fabric. It was a T-shirt. It was a B-52s T-shirt. And I think I had had it since I was in eighth grade. So we're talking about a long time. And he just said randomly, you should make that into a bikini. And I said, a T-shirt? And that was it. Literally the next day, I couldn't get that idea out of my head. I thought, what? That's interesting. And I started doing research that night. That was a Friday. Saturday, I bought a sewing machine on Astor down in, you know, in Manhattan. And that was it. I made a prototype that evening on Saturday for my daughter out of a SpongeBob t-shirt. Oh, how cute is that? But I free, I just like real quick cut this bikini. Not that I don't, I didn't, I'm not trained, you know, in that field at all. And I put it on her and I said, is this what you're talking about? And he said, yeah, we should, you should make a bunch of those and we'll sell them under a palapa in the Bahamas. I'm like, yeah, no. I like I his think, brother. <laughs> the party boy, right? No, but I was like, wait a second. If this is an untapped market. And it was. And I'm going to figure this mm-hmm. out. I live in New York City. Mm-hmm. I'm going for it. And it was untapped. Mm-hmm. So the more I thought about it, I was like, hmm, sustainability. Mm-hmm. T-shirts will never go out of style, mm-hmm. ever. Never. There's nothing you can do about that. And once I hired the right legal team to make sure I could do something like that, because my plan was to go big mm-hmm. globally, make sure I'm not infringing on uh, trademark and copyright laws. Sure, the t-shirts. I got the green light because mm-hmm. the loophole was you can recreate, you can't reproduce. Mm. Wow. So I just saved oh, right. a lot of people wow. money. Wow. Yeah. I saved you $20,000 with that. Was there any challenges when you started going? I mean, once you got that, yeah, your eyes are open. I was like, whoa, tons of challenges. First of all, you know, it wasn't my industry. So I was basically teaching myself. 
And one of the fun, I mean, one of the things that I had no idea about were patterns. I thought you could go buy a McCall's pattern. Mm. And that's dating me. But I thought thought you could go and buy a pattern and just make whatever you want. And it doesn't work that way. Mm. So I hired a a team and a pattern maker and uh, and created Vinti Bikini. Wow. Vinti Bikini. So V-I-N for vintage hyphen T t-shirt bikini. Is it dot com? Yeah, vintibikini.com. It's still still the same thing. (laughs) Nothing's changed except the website maybe four times. But, yeah, I mean, literally since you met me the first time years ago, and that was about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So We're not dating ourselves at all. No, not at all. That's so, a secret. Robin, what's, Robin, what's the most popular type of T-shirts that you've you've transformed? For hands down, it would be Harley Davidson. Yeah, I can see that. And Guns N' yeah. Roses, mm-hmm. Hard Rock, even um, like Kid Rock, mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. But Harley Davidson, it was so easy. Even for women that are not even into biking or that biker look, yeah. they love the look of these swimsuits because they have the flames or I can make it look real, real super edgy or a little bit more conservative, you know, depending. But, um, and Guns N' Roses, like, hands down, easily. But then it's in everything under the sun. Wow. Uh, what's the and most it, unique? I'm sorry, Robin. What's the most unique that you've you've transformed? Yeah, you know, Brian actually wants something here, so. <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm not doing a man bikini. <laughs> oh. Well, okay, I will. <laughs> oh, Brian! He wants the SpongeBob. I know him. You know, they're, they're friends of mine, so, you know. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll do anything for Which okay. one would you take, Brian? I, I, I just have to process. Yeah. Have to. <laughs> really so overwhelmed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, let me think about this. Okay, so Probably. speaking of overwhelmed, right? Speaking of overwhelmed, so Robin, not only is she a big time <laughs> entrepreneur, but she is everywhere, like a philanthropist. She is in a thousand different charities. Vivian and I go out to support causes, <laughs> and just, you know, we all try to do that. She's always there. And, and there's too many to even name, but from, I said they might as well be my friends it, because <laughs> it, it's unbelievable. But she, you do so much. I mean, just uh, just to name a few: Camp Soaring Eagle, St. Jude uh, Children's Research Hospital, TGN Foundation, Ryan House Special Olympics. What drives you? And I think we have to the Fiesta break Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, a hundred others. Yeah, it goes on. But I want to understand when we come back, and maybe you could start now. What has driven you? to give so much back to so many different causes. I've been doing it for so long, and it's just a passion of mine. I have to learn how to say no for certain things and just redirect, but I believe that there's so much that we can do, whether we have time to do a lot or Mm -hmm. a little, whether it's volunteering or even giving advice. It's funny. When you have a lot to do, you can do more. Mm -hmm. Just figure it out. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset, the place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mind intersect with your hosts, Elisa Sparks-Lane, Brian Wood, and Jen Graffis. All right. 
right, let's get back in the water. Jen, you've got a question. I do actually. So before we even go back, I have another. I have. I'm a big picture visionary kind of person, and the first thing like you have to tell me, how does a t-shirt become a bikini? Because the first thing I think of is see-through, and that it'll fall off. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like I'm. I'm a big. It's so, a great question. So though. I'm like, I want to know how it works. Like I. I, I got to see it now. <laughs> it took a year and a half of product testing to make sure that it doesn't, you know, see through or show through um, and also that it doesn't sag because right, that's exactly what I fabric. picture a diaper or something and <laughs> which at the beginning it didn't go it didn't stretch that much although in certain areas it would it would just drop so what we did was put the suit on a model or on me we would go to the water because we're in Manhattan right, right? so you just mm-hmm. can go to the the ocean water test it don't get in there, get out, see how much we need to adjust this suit. Also, in the shower, I would right. stand with a team working. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to get in a, a detail, fun, but to make sure that it wasn't sagging. And right. to this day, this is the great thing about this material. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't like, ter- it doesn't disintegrate. Like people would think it's right. a t-shirt. It takes a Eating. How many times do you wash yours? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. You know, even if you fell into the swimming pool, even with regular swimwear, you deal with water all the time. You have to rinse your garment. Right. You have to rinse swimwear, period. And that's what we do with this. I've had the same suit, just testing it for a little over 12 years. Wow. And it's a New York Giants bikini. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> Go Giants. Well done, Robin. But, you know, it's, it, I support all teams. <laughs> I'm very di- the Giants. I'm very diplomatic. <laughs> but, um, so with a year and a half of product testing and adjusting the pattern, I've got it now down to a science where you could wear it over and over. If it doesn't have rhinestones, throw it in the, the dryer. That's it. Well, we just found the theme that Brian's going to want, so we can go ahead and find one, which is so appropriate in so many different ways. And um, one thing I'm actually going to wonder is, um, was there coaching involved? Because you said you had no experience in the back. So how did that happen? And that's a question for both of you. Like that coaching. Mentors are very important in the business world. When we're in school, you know, we need a leader. Right. Before we become a leader. And I met randomly when I couldn't find this pattern that I was looking for on a flight to Chicago from New York I was sitting with two women and the one sitting next to me was we just became friends and she said you know what here's my business card call me when you're in New York let's all have coffee two weeks after I was so frustrated I couldn't find a pattern and I saw her card I said I need to call her and then I looked a little closer it said pattern maker It turns out she wasn't just a pattern maker. She was a professor at Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, and she is the top pattern maker in New York. That gives me chills. I know. She is the one that the main houses will call if they're in-house pattern making, something went wrong, they'll call her in, and she'll smooth everything out, readjust. So I hired her. Costs a lot of money, but... She became my mentor. She literally held my hand, took me through the garment district, introduced me to everybody from the, the fabric houses to factories. To this day, I'm still friends with everyone. 
That's great. You know, you know what's awesome and about it? I followed her lead. Well, you took action on that too. It's funny. We were talking about this earlier saying that, you know, what, what can you do to, to make a change? You could sit there and not open your mouth and not have a conversation but you can take action like you did mm-hmm. and things happen for a reason. And that's kind of what happened with, with your story. So random. We're in the air. We're flying to Chicago from New York. And, and then a few weeks later, that's what she does. And not only that, she's the top in the, in the industry, Laura Moore. And she's, you know, she's just what I have to thank her so much because she really helped me. And throughout all that time, you know, I was told, no, your product, your product isn't that great. It's ugly. I heard everything. Sure. But something kept on telling me, don't stop. And I didn't. And I still haven't. But throughout the way, you know, of this path, it's introduced me to so many amazing people, literally. Mm. And when you meet somebody new, you learn something from them. And you're like, okay, wait a second. Well, that didn't work, but this does, you know, and this is what they gave me as advice, even though they didn't know they were giving you advice. Mm -hmm. And um, I understood this is not an industry I understand. So I'm having to teach myself from the ground up. And I did. And you were willing to. All by myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you have to work seven days a week. And when you start your own deal – you, it's your baby. You wake up with it, you go to bed doing it. And everything you do from your demeanor out in public, everything depends on that because that's, you know, the persona. Mm-hmm. They all mm-hmm. hold hands. That's why I try to do, you know, incorporate the charitable work with it. Right. Because um, some people say, well, it's swimwear. I'll give you an example. I'm on a national campaign, Free to Love. And it's an anti-bullying campaign. They are based in Seattle. Seattle Seahawks are their main contributor. So I partnered up with them, and I donate 50% of the proceeds for every Seattle Seahawks bikini sold. They are wild and crazy fans. (laughs) And they are honored to be a part of it. So every person that orders a bikini from me, they receive a, a formal note that they are contributing by their purchase that Venti Bikini is donating 50% of the proceeds. Thank you for purchasing with us. Now you have some extra pride involved. Hmm. Uh, Completely. So then that campaign sends me, you know, wristbands and tattoos, and I send it along with the bikini. But there's always something to hold hands. So I try to make sure, not with all my sales, but Mm -hmm. certain things that you never know what it could tie into. Everything's connected, right? There's, yeah, there's something connected. that we can do. And there's the, it's the not the bag of money. It's what you're going to do with the bag of money. Exactly. Right? And, that's, and that's so important as it's related to mentoring and coaching and the, the swim uh, theme, the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, so, so Misty, for you, effect. what about your mentors and coaches? What can right. you tell well, them? Well, I was just thinking exactly as you were saying is a lot of it, the best things happen almost by accident as if mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. fate or destiny in a way. <laughs> I yeah. know. Because uh, after I was uh, swimming at the parks and rec level, my mom was looking for a year-round program to send me to. I was 
seven or eight years old and she said well you're still getting sick in the winter I want you to swim year round and so she opened the yellow pages and simply looked for the closest year for round swim program. those of you that program. don't know about the yellow pages that's yes. the old fashioned marketing. I right. do. <laughs> yeah. I do. I think I might have some somewhere. Wow. <laughs> right. So I mean we had no idea we weren't looking for you know the best coach in the country it was just something you know mom said hey let's keep you swimming in the winter hopefully you'll stay healthier and Turned out to be one of the best coaches in the country that he was just starting his own facility. He had bought 10 acres of land in the middle of the desert. Well, it was Union Hills and 38th Street, but it was uh, in the middle of nowhere at the time. And uh, and he was had built his house on the property and then was building his facility around it. So what's his name? Bob Gillett. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to honor him today because he passed away last weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, he became, you know, we had no idea when we were starting, but he became really, besides my parents, the most important person in my life and really has been my coach since, uh, you know, since I was seven or eight years old and, um, you know, still has been a really important part of my life um, after swimming as well. Um, he was an entrepreneur, he was a businessman, and he was an innovator. He was really someone who thought outside the box uh, about swimming. And he was way ahead of his time. And I, you know, like I said, when I was a small child, I had no idea. And my parents had no idea. We didn't know what we were getting into. Um, but it really turned out to be, um, I ended up growing up with the facility and uh, and got to have him as my mentor. And uh, I really owe my success to him. Yeah. I can see it in your eyes. Like yeah. there's this mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. shine that comes out of you when you talk about him. And it's very endearing. It's almost like he's here. Like there's a presence in, in you. Thank you. I, I feel like he's still here and mm-hmm. um, we'll be celebrating him this weekend. And uh, yeah, I was felt very, very lucky to have had him in my life. And it's such a such a bigger picture, too, because he lives through you. But then all the people that you reach out and touch and coach and mentor, that, that part of Bob is in all of those folks. So it, it continues. So that's a uh, very sorry to hear that. But uh, definitely a, a tribute to, to him and, and, and you. Thank you. And his is his organization still running and. It's not. It's not. So he had sold his facility with Arizona Sports Ranch a few years ago and retired. Um, but his wife is still here, and there are a lot of coaches and a lot of people in the swimming community that were touched by him, and we, we carry on his legacy. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, is there anything from Coach Bob that we, um, we can remember? Like, was there anything that actually impacted you that you still do to this day? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing he taught me was that if you want to get better, you have to change. And he was always looking for different ways to get better. And, you know, swimming, most people think of it as going back and forth in the pool. And, oh, what can be, you know, so interesting about that? It's so boring. You just have to do it harder and faster and harder and faster and hope you get better. But what he did was he was actually one of the first coaches, and this is back in um, the 70s, he actually broke down, and maybe even the 60s, he broke down um, the length of the pool into a math equation. Oh, so there are three variables that make up your time in swimming, how long you spend underwater, how many strokes you take, and how fast you do each of those strokes. And it seems it's a very simple equation, but a lot of coaches at the time had not looked at swimming that way. Mm-hmm. And so what that allowed him to then do was then we could isolate those three variables and see where the best opportunity for improvement was. And then we would specifically 
trained to change that variable. So it was no longer just going back and forth. It was, okay, we're specifically training because our best opportunity to improve would be to take nine strokes instead of 10. And if we take nine strokes instead of 10 and everything else stays the same, then we're going to take off 1.1 seconds. Mm. It's almost like the numbers game. It's like it all goes back to numbers and that measurable. Yes, um, absolutely. Let's, let's talk more about that when we come back from the break. We'll just Great. give us one minute. Are you known for skipping meals while on the go? Are you too busy to eat healthy? Does the thought of meal prep and food shopping leave you desiring a nap? Visit www.witnessingnature.net. Download the app and leave the healthy cooking to us. We provide organic food through personal chef services, meal plans, and cooking classes, prepared at your home or delivered so you can spend time with your valued family and friends. Call Witnessing Nature and Food at 480-813-9065. It's what's in the food that matters. Eat organic soon at a gym near you. Jen Grappa's Q Life is a health and wellness company that inspires and educates clients and athletes in taking their abilities and teams to the next level. We empower young athletes to live out loud and harness all the true potential they have inside of them to be the best versions of themselves. At Jen Grappa's Q Life, the services include one-on-one fitness training, accountability coaching, guest lectures, athletic performance camps, and more. For more information, check out the website at www.jengrappas.com. Come find your Q. Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset, the place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mind intersect with your hosts, Elisa Sparks-Lane, Brian Wood, and Jen Graffis. Uh, welcome back. So the measurables is what we're talking about and going back to the numbers. Um, I have a, a friend of mine who's a math professor. We all know her. Numbers. Uh, yeah. Well, we, we know her we know as her. numbers. And um, we also know Mar- uh, Mallory... Dyer from Graflock, and she's a math professor, and she did a talk not too long ago, but um, get that chance to get in front of her because it's amazing. But she really talks about that number game and how everything goes back to numbers. And I'm sure with you and the patterns, it's a numbers game too. Like you got to be precise. Definitely. Was there any techniques or anything that really made a difference that you remember? Yeah. Well, I was was so lucky. And when I came along, we, um, of course... Coach and I, I still call him Coach. He wasn't Coach Bob. He wasn't, he was always just Coach to all of us. So I still call him Coach. But um, there was something uh, fun about the way we approached it. We had kind of, we always joked that we were on the same wavelength. And so when we came to the pool, um, we were both really looking for ways to get faster. And so I had these big goals, and Coach really thought I had some talent in the butterfly. And so we were, looking at ways to become world class. I mean, this was when I was a little bit older, of course, 12, 13. We were like, okay, how do we get to Olympic trials? How do we get there? And um, one of the challenges I had was that, um, you know, I'm not short by any stretch of the imagination. I'm almost five foot seven. But there were a lot of women that I would race against that were quite a bit taller or quite a bit stronger. And um, so one of the challenges I had was that I was taking um, more strokes to get down the pool than Mm -hmm. some of the other women I was racing. And so we would always look for ways. And so, of course, you know, you can make up that difference by moving your arms faster, you know, having a faster stroke turnover rate. But at a certain point, you can only move your arms so fast. And so if, if somebody's taking two or three fewer strokes than you, they're, they're going to get beat you to the wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we ended up discovering was that after, you know, we tried different techniques and different strength programs and things to make up that difference. But what we really found was 
uh, the best was doing something that a lot of people hadn't done before, and that was staying underwater longer. And you had that advantage. Yes, you exactly. Can hold that breath. Wow. Exactly. You had that training. I didn't know it at the time, but mm. what we discovered is most people thought you couldn't be faster underwater um, than you could be swimming on the surface, um, especially in butterfly and freestyle. Some people had done it in the backstroke previously, but in the butterfly, there's really this kind of understanding that you, you're better off just doing a few kicks and then getting up on the surface and swimming. And what Coach and I figured out was that I could actually be faster underwater. What we determined through a lot of experimenting was that I could get the same distance doing two kicks underwater as I could doing one stroke on the surface. But two kicks underwater would take me 0.9 seconds, and one stroke on the surface would take me 1.1 seconds. So if I, every time I was able to trade off doing two kicks underwater instead of one stroke on the surface, I was saving two tenths of a second. Wow. And so we started training and training that to be able to stay underwater longer. And a lot of people thought we were crazy. Well, you need oxygen and, you know, you're faster on the surface. That's crazy. But we did the math and I knew we knew that if we trained to be able to do that, that I could actually be faster underwater. And so uh, we developed this skill over um, about five years from the time I was 13 um, until I was 18. But that's really the skill that took me to the world-class level. And, you know, an Olympic-sized pool, I would stay 30 meters underwater off the dive, so over half the length of an Olympic-sized pool. Uh, and... Um, and when I was 16, um, that took me to a, a third place at the Olympic trials. I just missed the Olympic team by three one-hundredths of a second. But um, the underwater kicks are what put me in the position to even be in the conversation um, in 1996. And, uh, and really that became, I think, what he taught me about that. We even, I mean, we even went so far as to even change it again in that I ended up kicking on my side. And instead of on my front. And the reason we did that was because he had been given an article from Scientific American magazine uh, written by scientists from MIT who were studying the way that fish swim underwater. And they had actually created a mechanical tuna and they were trying to apply it to the military because fish swim so much more efficiently than anything we've ever uh, built, that humans have ever built. And so the article describes what happens when a fish flips its tail back and forth. Mm -hmm. And as my coach read it, he thought, well, isn't that exactly what happens when Misty's kicking her dolphin kick underwater? And since we were spending over half the length of the pool underwater, it was really significant. And so um, it described the way the water spins. So the, a fishtail actually creates um, a vortex that spins. And so when the fish flips its tail one way, it creates a vortex that spins in a circle. And then it flips its tail the opposite way, it creates another one. And when those two hit together, mm, and it's actually the mm -hmm. change of the pressure, um, almost like the way an airplane flies, but as the water spins, that's what pushes the fish forward. So you have an kind assistant. of propels you. A little yeah. cheating. Yeah. Yes. And so we started to really <laughs> experiment with that idea and understanding the way the kick worked. And then we even went so far as to do an experiment. Uh, and, you know, and so, I mean, how many coaches are doing this, you know, mm. really? And I was, you know, I was a teenager and I got to be witness and participate and be a part of seeing this actual process take place. And so we actually did an experiment because my coach thought, well, if you're in a swimming pool, depending on how big those whirlpools are, they could be interrupted by the bottom of the pool or by the surface of the water and that might slow you down. Yeah. But we had no way of finding out how big they were. And so we actually rubber banded a plastic tube from my fingertips to my feet. We put dye like from the grocery store in the tube. I held it like a straw so that the dye would stay in the tube and I waddled over to the pool and jumped in the water. My coach stood on a diving board with a video camera. I pushed off underwater and 
let my thumb off the top of the tube so that the dye would come out by my feet. And as I kicked, the dye went into the whirlpools and we got it on video to see how big they are. Wow. And they get to be over four feet in diameter. And so the understanding was that if I were to kick on my side, then the whirlpools would have much more room, uninterrupted room to spin. So I would get more power from each kick. Mm. And so um, from that day on, I kicked on my side. Wow, so much. It's funny, there's a lot of testing and reading and learning and the math. I mean, both of you can kind of relate to that because she's in the pool figuring out the bikini. (laughs) She's figuring out the speed. But I mean, there's definitely uh, a beautiful thing when you start learning in a different way. And it's probably fun. It is. Like you're just... Well, it it made it so much more exciting because Mm -hmm. there was always, okay, what can we do to get better? What can we change? How can this... And it almost became... I mean, I think I took a lot of pride and ownership and identity in the fact that I was doing something different than everybody else. And there was something about having the courage to do that, even though other people thought we were crazy, yeah. but then showing that it could actually work because we had done the math. And just like you, a lot of people said, Robin, that you know that it wasn't gonna work and that was crazy, oh, but you have I, to. Yeah, well, I heard a lot of negative. Did you have some measurables feedback. when you, know, you were doing the business? Was there something that you were actually, like a number you wanted to reach as far as how many sold or you know, how did you track it all? I. I kind of went in actually blindsided because I didn't know exactly what I was doing or how I was going to go about this. But then immediately I thought, well, I'm just want to go, I'm going to go big. I'm going to go for the gold. And that would be to land a contract with Hard Rock Hotels globally. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did. Well, that makes so much sense because that's your audience. But I still didn't know about a number in my head. All I was thinking was, okay, I have no idea. Like, you can project, but projections in something, especially in the garment world, they're they're just flowing all over the place. So there was nothing solid. The only thing I knew I could do that's solid is my footwork. Mm. And I knocked on that door, and I didn't stop until... Corporate took me in, <laughs> and I went through product testing with them for a year, yeah. and then I was announced at their global, basically like a summit that they have, and I was their top designer. Wow, that's globally. But, but you never stop. That's what's so fascinating, right? But you never every it, it, like day. You, you're going after milliseconds. You're yeah. going after Same. one more knock mm-hmm. to get in the door. Right. I get chills ends. listening yeah. to your oh, story you. because it just reminds me of that, wait a second, they said no. Mm-hmm. One of my friends said, she was with me going, I, she put on a bikini and we went into this one swimwear shop in New York in Manhattan and the owner said, this will never sell. It, I don't like it. Very direct. And I said, what is it that you don't like? I don't like it. Can you tell me what it is you don't like? And my friend was mortified. She was like, oh, embarrassed. I wasn't. Please be honest. What is it that you do not like? Because I had just started this. Mm-hmm. It's new. It's new territory for me. Right. So the and feedback said, would be really helpful. Super yeah. helpful. The, the bottom is saggy. So I looked at it and I was like, wait, maybe, you know what? I think it is a little bit saggy. And I said, okay. She said, you'll never sell this. Real sassy. Mm. I left that store. My friend said, are you okay? Are you all right? And I said, absolutely. We're going right now to get this adjusted. The pattern needs to be adjusted. Mm. 
That's great. I How love you, that. That's, that's sometimes I, what powers you even further. Well, because I was like, hey, you said what? It's not going to sell? And then what happened? Sagginess. Let me show you. I will be on national television several times. It's called yeah. failing fast, right? Because yeah. when we fail fast, we learn. And that's and we that talk about that all the time. There the was no time point. for crying or having my feelings hurt. No. It was, wait a second. Let's get what this done. What is this? Let Fix me it. double look. Because mm-hmm. I saw it so many times, but I wasn't really looking at it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. she Natalie helped, actually um, she helped me change it. Right? It's it's funny because that's that's the power behind us. It's it's what we're willing to learn from. Mm-hmm. And I know um, it's time for Mars, right? So yes. uh, you got a little mission for us, right? Absolutely, a swimming message, a, a, a swimming message in honor of Misty and Robin. Uh, and this applies to business, athletics, and all aspects of life. Don't wait for your ship to come in. Swim out to it. Many great swimmers like Misty Hyman and Brian Wood, are often asked. That's right. <laughs> can, I, can I finish? Yes. What is the secret to success? <laughs> I can tell you what it is. When you feel you can't swim any faster, hold your breath any longer, kick any harder, you must keep going. Greatness is only milliseconds away, but you've got to give 100%. You can't slack off halfway through the race because you think negatively. You must maintain a 100% effort for the entire race. This is the secret to success. Swim like there's no tomorrow, like today never happened, and like yesterday wasn't good enough. And in honor of Coach Bob, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. Swim harder. Thank you so much, ladies. And gentlemen, Brian, always a pleasure. And um, don't get saggy. Let's play this game. (laughs) See you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Marketing Money Mindset Radio Show. Tune in Saturdays at 8 a.m. and remember to keep your dreams big, your purpose bigger, and enjoy the ride. This is the Money Radio Network.